The world is going through changes. Changes happening at a speed that we have never seen before. This is leading to disruption, chaos, panic, fear, hysteria, and a turbulent economy and marketplace. How do you protect your wealth in a turbulent world? How do you invest for cash flow and alternative assets to escape the rat race in times of uncertainty? How do you decentralize yourself, your family, your community, your business, and your investments to become sovereign and escape the matrix? If you are looking for strategies, tactics, and techniques to escape the rat race and matrix, you are in the right place. My name is MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and spending the most valuable resource your time once again with me. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. I've got a fantastic show for you today. I'm joined by Elizabeth Tresp. Elizabeth, it's great to see you. Good to see you. It's always good to see you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to our uh, conversation. Um, now, for folks that are not familiar with you and what you do, uh, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with them? Sure, absolutely. So I'm an attorney, and I practice estate planning, trust and probate litigation, and asset protection. I have two law firms. One is Trust Day & Associates. That's where we focus on business planning, asset protection, and high net worth estate planning. Yep. And then I have another law firm, Trust Law. That's where we focus heavily on trust and estate litigation. And that litigation experience is what really colors and informs the way I look at a lot of what we're going to be speaking about. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have businesses in Wyoming. I love Wyoming. We invest uh, our hearts and our time in, in some rural areas in Wyoming. And that's a big a big part of, of who we are too. Yeah, I'm very uh, interested uh, in this conversation because I think this is going to be very valuable for all our listeners and our viewers because not only are you going to speak from the, uh, the the angle of planning, like if you're a business owner and an investor, this is what you sh should be thinking about from a planning side, but you also have the other lens on it because you litigate and you actually go into court. So you mm -hmm. see where all the holes are um, yes. that are there because of the lack of planning. So you can, you can kind of like cross, uh, you know, go from one world to another world, right? Uh, which yeah. you can share that experience with. And, and, and just a comment, you know, uh, just quickly, and maybe you can share just how important estate planning is right now and asset protection. But like, I feel like in economic cycles and market cycles, um, you you have your you have your low end you know your low end of the economic and market cycle and a lot of people come in they invest they do really really well uh there's a lot of uh, wealth uh, built up through that cycle as the cycle takes its course and at the top of the market cycle where folks should be playing a lot more defense uh they don't but they should be because as the cycle corrects and we're down, we're in for, I would say, more challenging times, more tougher times, the litigations and the lawsuits increase substantially. If you look at the statistics, every recession 
in the United States, which is one of the most litigious societies and countries on the face of the planet, increases significantly. So uh, just a comment on that of how important estate planning and asset protection is in general, and especially in the times that we live in right now. That's an excellent point that you raise about the asset protection piece of that. I'll start with the estate plan, if that's okay with you. Just estate planning as a whole is critical for every person. An estate plan is going to help you plan your life, not just for current, not just for incapacity, but also for when you pass away. There are different stages in life. And an estate plan, a well-drafted estate plan, a well-considered estate plan is going to touch on your financial and your personal life for each of those stages. So a basic estate plan, we're going to start just with the basics real quick, a trust. So this is a revocable living trust. This is different than an irrevocable living trust. And sometimes people don't understand that difference. They feel like, okay, I have a trust, I'm I'm good. Well, if you have a trust, you're good for avoiding probate, potentially planning for incapacity, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. So a revocable living trust is an entity that's going to hold property. It's going to hold property that has a deed title, things that you can actually fund into the trust. And that's a key point. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they forget to fund the trust. So they feel really good. They executed the document, but then they forget to put their assets actually in it. So that's that's another key point to remember. When you're talking to your estate planning attorney about your revocable living trust, you want to think long and hard about who your trustee is going to be. This is the person who's going to manage things for you, either when you pass away or when you're incapacitated. So you want to find someone that you trust. Generally, you want to have at least two people in succession so that they can step in, they can manage things for you when you can't. You want to think long and hard about making things clear. Do you want to remain in your home? How do you want, do you want gifting to still happen? What happens if, if a trustee makes a mistake? What, how do you want beneficiaries to be able to handle that? So living trust is going to help you avoid probate. Have you, do you know anyone that's gone through probate? No, but I <laughs> heard it's not a pleasant experience. You are, you're, that's surprising. So we actually handle probates here. And as an attorney, I love probates. They're, they're, they're great for the attorneys and the administrators because they, they're, they're expensive. That's why we're so passionate about helping people make sure that they get their estate plan done so that they can avoid that process. It's public. Okay. So you can go on the register of actions and pull private information. Anyone can. It's court supervised. It takes a long time and it's expensive. You want to avoid it. So living trust helps you do that. It also helps you plan for incapacity. We're living a long time these days. Yep. I mean, generally, we're really, we're we're living longer lives, Alzheimer's, dementia, it exists. There's a large percentage of us that are going to suffer from that at some point. So putting people in those key roles uh, that they can watch out for you and, and make sure that you're not being preyed upon, undue influence is, is rampant, unfortunately. Um, financial elder abuse. And so this helps you put people in situations and in roles where they can help you um, in, in should that situation arise. And then three, 
everything you've worked hard for, you want it to go where you want it to go. And that's what you're doing in your living trust is you're saying, this is where I want it to go. If you're charitably inclined, if you are, if you want to have wealth preservation and, and, and pass that on, you can control how things are given and where they are given and who they're given to through this document. So it's a win-win. Everyone needs a living trust. Then a pour over will. This is a document that some people say, oh, I have a will, I'm good. Well, a will still goes through probate if you don't have a trust. If you have a trust, it's called a pour over will, which means it's pouring all of your assets that say don't have a deed or title um, that are under a certain threshold into your trust and are then distributed for the terms of your trust. You'll want to talk about who your executor is in that, uh, whether you want personal property to go to certain certain places. And don't be fooled. Your personal property really is what the kids fight over. So on our litigation side, a lot of our lawsuits are people fighting over the dining room table or the 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 painting that was above the fireplace. So being clear in where you want those types of items to go is very helpful. Generations have changed. A lot of the generations now, they don't want a lot of stuff, right? They don't want all of that. So it's shifted over time, but it's still important because there are still always going to be people that that where those sentimental items are critical. Power of attorney for finances. This is huge. This is a document that says this person has access and authority on these types of accounts, assets, insurance, taxes, it's a huge, huge amount of um, of information and authority to give to somebody. If you're married, generally, you'll have it be effective immediately, depending on whether it's first, second, third marriage, where you are. That it changes depending. But if you're if you're not currently married, you generally want to have a springing power of attorney, one that's not effective immediately, but only goes into effect when you're incapacitated. That could be a whole other conversation on what authorities to give someone yep. and and what types of assets you have, and then an advanced healthcare directive. An advanced healthcare directive is where you're you're picking somebody, choosing at least one person, two in succession to make medical decisions for you if you can't. This is a hard one. It's not none of these roles are. Sometimes parents feel like, oh, I have to if I don't give it to this child, then I can I give it. These are all thankless and hard jobs. Just so you know, there's a lot of liability. There's a lot of duties. And these these roles are are um, very difficult. And so being as clear as you can is is very important, especially in your advanced healthcare directive. If you have children, uh, in which part uh, do you designate also who um, basically (laughs) becomes the custodians of the children when you and your spouse are no longer around? Where does that fit in? That's one of the hardest decisions for anyone to make is to try to nominate guardians. So depending on what your state you're in, when you nominate a guardian in your will or your trust, when you're nominating these people... The court still does their own investigation. It's not a guarantee that they're actually going to be appointed as the guardian of your children. There's a there's a big investigation to make sure that 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 this is people can object. So other family members, other people can object to who you're choosing. 
Um, that's an excellent question and very important. And I think one of the hardest roles to think about filling. I want to take a moment to share something very important right now. Are you trying to figure out how to protect your savings from the banking collapse, which has already started, and the coming financial crisis? Most banks will fail. Deposits that are not insured by the FDIC will be lost, and there will be bank bail-ins. And this collapse in the banking system will lead to chaos in the financial system. Banks also provide loans to real estate investors. So what do you think is going to happen to lending in the event of a banking and a financial crisis? You can be proactive and position your savings to protect it and also have access to it to use it to buy discounted assets by positioning it in your own banking system through the infinite banking concept strategy. Producers Wealth has put together a presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com where you will learn how to position capital outside of the banking system and the Wall Street casino, just like the ultra-wealthy, to protect it and create a pool of tax-free liquid capital to capitalize on the massive opportunity to buy discounted assets, which is coming. You can access the presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. So there's a there's a there's a lot to to just think about there. And that's just the very basic stuff. If you're listening to this, this is just the basic stuff that you should have in place uh already. Um, and we're not we haven't even gotten into the asset protection side or the more advanced kind of stuff. If you don't have these things in place, if you don't have a power of attorney and a trust advanced healthcare directive and something does happen to you and you do become incapacitated, you it's a conservatorship. That's the only option. So it's a conservatorship in the courts, which is another court proceeding. It's expensive and it's time consuming. So there are, like you were just saying, there are many reasons why you need to get these these documents done. If you can share the difference between this revocable living trust and then the an irrevocable trust, which people have probably all all heard about, but they don't know a lot of. 100%. So revocable, it means you can revoke it or change it at any time. And that's one benefit about a revocable living trust is that you can change it over time as your life changes. So you can change trustees, all any type of information in there where you want things to go throughout your lifetime. It doesn't provide you creditor protection. It doesn't pr- provide any lawsuit protection. And generally, you are going to be the trustee of your own revocable living trust, which means you're owning property. So if you own a home, you're owning it as trustee of this trust. So you're not getting privacy in that way either. Yep. An irrevocable trust is used in a wide variety of plans and can be incredibly beneficial. So if we're talking about estate tax planning, so the exemption amount now for gift and estate, it's very high. I mean, for for combined, for a married couple, it's over 22 million. That's, that's very, very high. And so 
estate planning has kind of it's it's changed a little bit because of this exemption amount. That that hasn't necessarily been the top of people's mind is the estate tax for a large majority of people. However, this exemption amount is going to sunset. So in 2026, it's going to come all the way down to approximately between five and six million. So five million with an except for inflation, so around six million. And that's a dramatic difference. When you're talking about estate tax planning, being able to maximize the exemption amount is going to be critical for, for a large number of people because when you're when you're looking at the assets that you currently have now and you're thinking about how to freeze those values, a portion of that is going to mean putting them into some kind of irrevocable trust. Now, an irrevocable trust, the term itself means you're not, you can't just change it. You can't just get rid of it. When you're putting something in an irrevocable trust, as a general rule, so I'm going to preface it with as a general rule, because there are certain types of trusts where this doesn't apply, you're essentially giving up ownership of it. So if we're talking about asset protection, that's why asset protection works, is because if you have an irrevocable trust that's drafted in a certain way, and you put assets into that trust, you no longer own those assets. And that's the whole point. The basic tenet of asset protection is is own nothing, control everything, right? Everyone has heard that phrase. That's the basic tenet of it. And when you're talking about an irrevocable trust and you're placing assets underneath that trust, whether directly in or in an underlying company, however your plan is set, we generally are going to put a company underneath of that irrevocable trust that then our client is going to manage, right? So they're not owning, but they're managing the assets that are in that underlying company. Under penalty of perjury, you don't own them anymore because you don't own them anymore. And that's okay. It's okay to to have sophisticated planning when you're looking at your full financial picture. It's so it, it, it's it's smart to think about what's going to be most beneficial to you during your life, to perhaps your children when you pass, or or a charity that you feel strongly about and that you want to support. There's a wide variety of different types of structures that are used to to benefit you in with those things in mind. Now, depending on what your goal is, if your goal is estate tax, okay, you're going to be looking at things with certain glasses. If your goal is to try to reduce income tax, you're going to be looking at you're going to be looking at that with a different lens. If if your goal is succession planning, then you're going to be looking at it with that lens. And so a sophisticated estate planner who's well-versed in, in the field and has experience is going to be able to look at your situation and what your personal goals are and put together something that um, that's going to work for you and your family. So to recap, revocable living trust, you can change or amend it at any time. It's flexible. And that's that's a strong benefit as your personal life changes, as as people may pass away, people that you're close to and you trust, benefit there. Irrevocable trust also can, of course, be used for succession planning and estate planning and gift planning and all kinds of planning. But it's it's not a matter of just being able to change it whenever you want. 
Okay. There's, there's certain things that you can modify over time. It's, it's dramatically different than, um, and, and less simple as a revocable living trust. The point is, is that the goal is that you're not owning those assets anymore. And so that is why you are entitled to certain benefits by having that kind of plan. I want to acknowledge one of our sponsors. Are you ready to ride the wave of success in the booming car wash industry? Tommy's Express Car Wash is the cutting-edge brand that is revolutionizing the way we clean vehicles. Demand for top-notch, state-of-the-art tunnel car wash is skyrocketing. Institutions are diving in head-first, and the real asset investor is already a step ahead. They have a world-class operations team, and they're building a portfolio of Tommy's Express car washes that's on track to become one of the largest privately owned car wash portfolios in the United States. The margins on a stabilized Tommy's Express car wash are incredible, and accredited investors have the chance to join them on their adventure. Dave Zook, the founder and CEO of The Real Asset Investor and his team, are thrilled to share opportunities like Tommy's Car Wash with accredited investors that boosts your cash flow, unlocks massive tax benefits, and get you set up for a lucrative exit just a few years from now. To learn more about the opportunities offered by The Real Asset Investor, you can reach out to them at info at therealassetinvestor.com. That's info at therealassetinvestor.com. Yeah, I want to touch on something quick that you had mentioned. Um, so the first thing is just the mindset piece of this, because most people want to own everything. You know, when you grow up middle class, we're all, you know, indoctrinated in some way that I own that or I bought that. But if you look at the wealthy, they don't want to own anything. They That's want right. to control everything. They just don't want to own it. So it's definitely a switch in in, in mindset. Uh, when you have these structures set up, because you are no longer, you know, the, the owner of it, you control it, but you don't own it. So uh, definitely want to point that out. The other thing I wanted to uh, just um, just hit on, you mentioned that um, people should be thinking about this, uh, this estate tax exemption that is changing. Most people are not aware of this, not talking about this. They're not taking this into consideration with planning. And I believe you said it's 22 million currently around there with, uh, and this is for uh, uh, spouses, right? So a married couple. Um, mm -hmm. And then if that that's going to reduce, uh, be reduced to in 2026, what is it, January 1st of uh, half of that, right? Because it's about 6 million per person. So the spouses, it would take it to 12 million. So if you had a net worth, and I know that there we've got very, very successful listeners and viewers, if you had a net worth, net worth of 20 million, um, you would now be fine. Um, and and there wouldn't be, you know, you would be under that 22 million threshold. Uh, but all of a sudden, January 1st, 2026 comes around. And of course, the variable here is if Congress does anything, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to 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 bring uh, and draft legislation in another shape or form. But if they don't do anything now, all of a sudden, if your net worth is 20 million, well, now you're eight over that exemption. 
That okay. is, I think that what's the current rate? Forty percent estate tax. So you would owe forty percent of that eight million just in estate taxes. And this might have been something that you didn't even think about, you weren't aware of, you thought you were still in the clear of where you are currently as far as uh, from, from a net worth perspective, correct? Absolutely. And a lot of people are going to leave it last minute. So a lot of people are probably, they're going to they're gonna say, oh my gosh, just a few months before everything changes. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to take your time. You want to plan. You know this is happening. We're in 2023 right now. We know this is coming. So start thinking about it. And generally, once you reach a level of wealth, that's most likely going to keep growing depending on, on how you're managing your finances and what type of investments you have. And so if you're on the cusp or if, if you're approaching it, start thinking about these types of things now because you you don't want to be in a situation where it's one stressful or you're making decisions that maybe aren't in your best interest because you're rushed and maybe you don't fully understand the consequences so when you're doing estate planning and you're in your and you're working through it's just like with your business there's there's going to be a result to every action and so you want to make sure that whether it's financial personal that you that you're fully considered and so educate yourself, get some education, start thinking about these things. And I just want to go back to what you were saying. I 100% agree about the mindset because honestly, I was always raised to pay everything down, pay everything down, pay down your mortgage. That's the level of a success is not having any debt. And it's interesting because as the economy changes and as your life changes and as wealth changes, you you really need to look at things with a sophisticated lens to be smart and make yourself in control of how you appear to potential litigants. And that, that comes in from your experience in the litigation part of the firm. So maybe um, that would be a great uh, segue to talk about that because we've covered the planning. The planning yeah. part is very, very important. And we've given... Um, We've given our listeners and viewers a lot to think about, basic things to have in place, how to think of uh, from an advanced planning perspective, um, things that are coming down the road in 2026, uh, which they should be aware of, especially if they're wealth builders, which they are uh, mm -hmm. listening to our podcast. Um, I'll also just throw one more thing in there that this you should be reviewing this strategy minimum six, every six months with your yeah. attorneys to make sure that you're you're right tracking um, and everything is still protected. But let's segue to the litigation part. What are people not thinking about uh, with as with regards to their vulnerabilities when yes. it comes to the litigation part from protecting their assets? Yes. There's two types of people in my experience when it comes to this area. There's the people that think it's never going to happen to them. And then it does. I'm never going to get sued. Um, and then there are people that think about it all the time. And that's one of their biggest concerns. And so I hope I try to help people find a balance. Sometimes people don't understand the amount of liability that they themselves or their life presents. We all are driving vehicles, most of us. That's that's one of the most basic potential liabilities that you have. Car accidents are they're terrible 
right? So if someone's seriously injured, that's horrifying. There's also a good deal of people that um, there are a lot of claims that maybe aren't maybe valid. You know, there are certain, I worked for an insurance company doing claims for, for a very long time. And sometimes there's, there, there are suspicious circumstances too, but the claim is still made, right? So even if, even if you didn't do anything wrong, there's potential that, that you're going to have an issue, whatever type of business you have, if, whether you own most basic, you own rental property. Okay. Depending on the type of rental property, you own businesses, you have employees, you have, um, you have assets that through your business people use all of these are potential liabilities it's just it's it's life it's it's how it is especially in the united states as you pointed out earlier we're a highly litigious society unfortunately however there are things that you can do to make yourself less attractive so a plaintiff's attorney generally is going to take a case on contingency that means that there, there's a level of risk for them. So they're not asking for upfront money or they're only asking for a minimum amount of cost. So they need to make sure that that the time that they invest, that they're going to recoup. And so if a litigant walks into a plaintiff's attorney's office and the they do an asset check and they say, okay, this is the situation, will you take my case? And the plaintiff's attorney, if if they pull up on the business or or the actual person, if they do an asset search and they pull them up and they see that they have tons of equity in their home, they have all of their information is in the public record, they have significant assets to tap, high, high, high level amounts of insurance, that's a very attractive situation because whether the claim or the lawsuit has merit sometimes doesn't matter. Unfortunately, you still have to defend yourself. So if someone files a lawsuit against you and you are in a situation where you need to hire counsel, which you should always hire counsel in this type of situation, you're going to be paying attorney's fees. The other person might have an attorney that took it on contingency but that's not the way defense works. You're going to be paying your attorney and you're going to be paying your attorney a lot of money to defend yourself. And it's unfortunate and it's incredibly stressful. And so trying to stop the lawsuit before it happens by controlling what is visible to the public is critical to protecting yourself and protecting your family and protecting your business. So in this type of situation, <laughs> having that kind of insight, because it most likely, it might, it's probably going to happen to you. I mean, if we're looking at the numbers, there's probably going to be a lawsuit that, that, that you're going to have to deal with at some point in your life. I'm not, I don't mean you personally. I mean, your yeah. listeners. And yes. it's just, it, it's society. And so it's something that we really need to take into consideration. I, I can't recommend that enough. There are too many circumstances where people come to my firm when it's too late, they're panicking, they already have a lawsuit. At that point, you already have a lawsuit. There's there's something called fraudulent conveyance statutes, and those are there for a reason. You can't just go transferring assets to try to avoid paying claims. That's not that's not the way it works. You need to have the planning in place so that you've structured things in a way so that if a circumstance comes up, you're prepared. 
Yeah, and and to your uh, to your point, the statistic of actual lawsuits, cases that go to court to trial, is is minimal, right? Because because of the costs. So the yeah, people yeah. that didn't plan, didn't have planning in place, they're very, very visible. Now there's a lawsuit. They end up settling, even if they were right or wrong. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't matter, uh, yeah. because they look at the they look at what this is going to cost, and then try to figure out, well, how do I just settle this without even going going to court or you know going going to trial? It's not just that financial cost either. The discovery process that starts after a lawsuit is filed it's so invasive and very stressful you're you're having to answer and open up portions of your life to the last person that you would ever want to do that with you lose people who sleep it's it's almost oftentimes in a, an emotional decision to control the physical toll that a lawsuit can take. Now, of course, there are people that deal with lawsuits all the time. It's just part of their business. They've got lots of attorneys. They're, that's just the day in and day out of the type of business that they have. Fine. Okay. Most of us, no, that's not the way that it is. It's horrifying, stressful, invasive, and incredibly expensive. And that's why, like you said, most cases settle. Also, because going to trial is incredibly unpredictable. You could have, there is no slam dunk because judges have a lot of discretion. And when you're in a courtroom, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's a mediator's biggest tool is explaining that, really explaining that to both sides. You don't know. You've got a risk, no matter how good your case is. There's a big risk here and you need to think about that. There are certain situations where I have clients that decide to settle and and I truly believe that they should have gone to trial because they the facts and the circumstances and the evidence really support support them in in a, in a significant way and it hurts me to see them pay funds in a situation where they're they're just not warranted but again, sometimes it's it's you do the cost benefit analysis and 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 people need to do that for their own personal, not just financial financial situation. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, Penumbra Solutions. Live settlements investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. If you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing live settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at CashflowNinja.com, forward slash life settlements. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. The password to access that webinar is penumbra, all lowercase. So there's a lot to think about from that standpoint too. And I think this is, couldn't, uh, yeah, we couldn't have had this conversation at a better time. I think this is still, as we're closing out this year, going into the next year, playing defense and having defensive structures in place. Yes. Uh, is crucial for people right now. Um, 
because we're still we're you know we we've kind of at the top of the market cycle and the economic cycle and we're going downwards and and as we're treading downwards and going further downwards it's just going to become more and more uh right. would, yeah a higher risk environment if i can no, you're, if I you're can absolutely put it that way. right i do want to caution people when you're thinking about asset protection make sure that you work with a firm that has been doing it for a substantial amount of time and that understand not just how the structure works, but also how you can maintain that structure. So I have a, there's, there's obviously a cost involved when you're getting sophisticated planning. And when you're looking at that cost, understanding, okay, would you pay 30 or $40,000 to save your 800,000, your 5 million, your 10 million. Yes. But people, people forget that they forget to look at it with that, with that in mind. And they, it's, it's an expense that you really need to understand the benefit that you're getting, but also you need to be wary. There are a lot of firms that say that they do asset protection as just kind of a side. Oh, yes, we do asset protection. But there's a lot involved with these kinds of structures. There are certain things that that I hear about attorneys doing that I would never recommend. Uh, you want to work with someone on the more conservative planning side because it's just the laws are clear. You don't want to run up on any fraudulent conveyance situations. So you, you you need to make sure that you're working with someone that that has a strong track record um, and understand that you, you are going to pay for it and you get a very good um, significant benefit from that planning. Yes, I, I and I I will I'm going to stress this again, our philosophy and how we look at tax strategy and legal strategy is an investment. It's not an yeah. expense. It's a little bit different how we look at the world where a lot of people would look at those types of uh, expenses as expenses, but we're looking at it as an investment. Trust me, if you're uh, paying a certain amount of money for proper tax strategy and it knocks down 20 to 30% of your, your taxes, legally, that's a pretty good investment. Same thing with legal investments. If you're if you're paying for legal uh, service and and work and have this plan and planning and have this all done properly and in place while well, besides sleeping well at night <laughs> and and all the other benefits that it come uh, that 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 comes with it you've made an investment to protect what you have um and there's a there, i mean that is, i think it's very understated when do people realize that it is actually investment and not an expense uh is when they go through litigation, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. We help people kind of rebuild after everything's already been taken. And it's sad because oftentimes people are, they're not in their 30s or 40s. Sometimes it's its significantly far after that. Not You're not at a place in your life where you think you're going to have to rebuild. <laughs> so it, it's, it, yeah, it's important. So one question I always ask our first time guests, Elizabeth, is uh, if uh, you don't, uh, if you're not leaving any money to future generations, but you're only leaving three principles and values to them so that they can build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? I thought about this because there's a lot that I would want to say, um, I, but I've narrowed it down to uh, 
be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and never give up. Those are great. I love those. Um, where can people and our listeners and our viewers, where can they uh, follow you and your firm? Where can they learn more about uh, all the planning that you, that you offer and where can they, they get in touch? Sure. So the our website is tresp, T-R-E-S-P, law.com. And the other website is trespday.com. Either of those will bring you to all of our information, educations, podcasts, any look me up. There's not very many of us. Tresp, T-R-E-S-P, first name Elizabeth on Instagram, LinkedIn, any of those, any of those sites. And um, there's a, a wealth of resources there. Fantastic. Um, and you guys do uh, the planning, but for folks just getting st- started too, there's blue. <laughs> and roadmaps that that you offer which this is something that yeah this is something that's very important for folks to to think about um with their advisors you want to have a roadmap of where you are to where you where you're tracking and you want to have make sure that you have everything that you need in place when you hit those milestones right that's right absolutely Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your insights and your knowledge and providing so much value for all of my listeners and viewers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. And thank you to all my listeners and my viewers for spending most valuable resource or time once again with me on the show. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. Until next time, live infinitely. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.